Hello, dear friends. Thank you for being with us on today. I feel so blessed to have been able to serve you as your pastor for these 53 years. And it has been my honor to walk with you and watch you grow over the years. I've been so touched by your messages and your expressions of love over these past few weeks. And even after this time, I'm humbled to think that God brought us together for such a time as this to do a great work for his kingdom. And guess what, West Angeles? God is not through with us yet. We're going to keep rising higher and higher in Jesus' name. But it's time for the word. The text is found in Psalm 142, verse 1. And there's an introductory clause that says a contemplation of David, a prayer when he was in the cave. That's kind of an introduction to the psalm. And the psalm says, I cry out to the Lord with my voice. With my voice to the Lord I make my supplication. Verse 2, I pour out my complaint before him. I declare before him my trouble. Verse 3, when my spirit was overwhelmed within me, then you knew my path in the way in which I walk. They have secretly set a snare for me. Look on my right hand and see, for there is no one who acknowledges me. Refuge has failed me, and no one cares for my soul. I cried out to you, O Lord. I said, you are my refuge, my portion in the land of the living. Attend to my cry, for I am brought very low. Deliver me from my persecutors, for they are stronger than I. Bring my soul out of prison, that I may praise your name. The righteous shall surround me, and you shall deal bountifully with me. The psalm says it's a prayer while David was in the cave. And we're going to speak on the subject, Surviving Cave Experiences. Surviving Cave Experiences. In the King James Version, you will find the following words in the heading of the psalm. A Mashiach of David, a prayer when he was in the cave. A Mashiach psalm is a teaching psalm an instructive psalm, a didactic psalm. The New King James Version says it's a contemplation. There are only 14 psalms that are so entitled. And may we be instructed as we study this contemplation psalm. Saul was so thankful to have David by his side as he led Israel. David had slain Goliath. David had become the leading warrior in Israel. But when they came in from one battle and the women began to sing, Saul has slain his thousands and David his tens of thousands, Saul became displeased. He became angry at David 
In Psalm 18, 1 Samuel, I beg your pardon, 18 and 9, the Bible says, And Saul eyed David from that time forward. Many of you need to know that somebody is eyeing you. They're not so doing so flirtatiously, but with jealousy and with anger. They feel that your accomplishments are a reflection on their accomplishment and their image. They're going to lie and spread rumors about you, but don't you let them make you stop. Succeed, make your accomplishments anyhow. Don't dumb down and slow down just to make somebody comfortable. But Saul became so angry that he made two attempts to kill David. Twice he threw his spear at David, but David dodged the spear and escaped. Saul then determined that he would cause David to be killed in battle. He gave David what should have been a suicide mission. He said, tell David that I will give him my daughter's hand in marriage if he will kill 100 Philistine soldiers. And in 1 Samuel 18, 21, so Saul said, I will give her to him that she may be a snare to him and that the hand of the Philistines might be against him. He sat back, waiting to hear of David's death in battle. But rather came the report that David had killed 200 Philistines. Saul's daughter, Michelle, had become one of David's greatest protectors, and that caused Saul to hate David all the more. Even when David, on at least two occasions, had an opportunity to kill Saul, but he allowed Saul to live. Saul still hated him and tried to take David's life. But David said in 1 Samuel 24 and 10, I will not stretch out my hand against the Lord, for he is the Lord's anointed. When you really want the blessings of the Lord to be poured out on your life, decide that you will love people and be kind to people no matter how they mistreated you. When you learn how to hold your peace, then the Lord will fight your battles. David, as he sought to escape Saul's wrath, had at least two what are called cave experiences. One was in the cave of Adullam, and the other was in the cave of En Gedi. There is some debate about which cave provided the setting for this particular psalm, but the heading of the psalm simply says when he was in the cave. In both Adullam and the cave in Gedi, geological processes over the years had provided many cavernous areas. And David, being a man of strategic genius, would have thoroughly explored and mapped the caves with all their pathways and connections and entries and exits, and he found them to be ideal places to hide. 
ideal places to escape from his enemies. But the caves also had some negative attributes. These attributes caused them to be unattractive and unpleasant. They were cold. They were damp. They were dark and depressing. The caves were inhabited by bats, and the stench of the dead bodies and the waste of the bats was sometimes almost intolerable. Sometimes David and his men would have to spend days and nights in the caves in silence with no light from the sun. The space is restricted, so they had to resist claustrophobic panic. David and his men would have hours to contemplate the adversity and the trouble that filled their situation. They were in dark places, a cave. Some of you may feel that you are in an unpleasant, dark place, a situation, even now. Or you may feel that you are now going through a dark time. Nothing in your physical environment nourishes or energizes you. And you feel that you are constantly being drained, but seldom, if ever, replenished. David was in a situation filled with adversity and with trouble. Psalm 142 and 2, I declare before him my trouble. David was not just in trouble. He was in that kind of humiliating, desperation kind of trouble. Saul was trying to kill him. He could not kill the man who was trying to take his life. David, who had killed Goliath, who had slain his tens of thousands, was now hiding in a cold, dark, stinking cave. Some of you are not just in trouble, but you're in that same humiliating, desperation trouble like David was. You've been on the mountain of prosperity and joy, but now you're in the cave of desperation and need. I want you to know today that God does his best work in caves. He does his best work in valleys. For Psalm, and Psalm 23 and 4 said, Yea, though I walk, through the valley and the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. You are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Psalm 46 and 1, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Listen, God is a God that comes into troubled situations to bless and to deliver his children. And so David, when he says he was overwhelmed. Psalm 142 and 3, when my spirit was overwhelmed within me. When you think of being overwhelmed, you think of a tidal wave of responsibilities, challenges, and concerns coming with such force that there's no way you can cope with them or respond to them. This is the kind of situation where everything is happening and everything is going wrong at the same time. 
the kind of situation where you have to say, Lord, this is too much for me. If you don't step in, this thing is going to fall apart. Now, as I go through this list, you will find your problem. Some of you are overwhelmed by bills. Others by crazy people. Sickness, job problems, no job problems, crazy neighbors, family and marriage problems. David had problems. He said in Psalm 61 and 2, from the end of the earth, I cry unto you. When my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. David mentions another of the challenges he faced while in the cave. In Psalm 142 and 3, he said, they have secretly set a snare for me. Everything the devil offers you is a snare. Every sinful attraction is a snare. The devil gives no free gifts. Everything some sinful people offer to you is a snare. They are only offering you something so that they can snare you and trap you. And some of you, your whole life is either trying not to be trapped or trying to get out of a trap or snare. But David is not through yet. He says in Psalm 142, verse 4, there's no one who acknowledges me. Refuge has failed me. Nobody cares for my soul. Nobody is thinking about me. I have no way out. Nobody loves me. I know that there's somebody here who feels that very way. It's not a new problem. But centuries ago, the psalmist cried out in Psalm 102, verse 4, My heart is stricken and withered like grass, so that I forgot to eat my bread. Because of the sound of my groaning, my bones cling to my skin. I'm like a pelican in the wilderness. I'm like an owl in the desert. I lie awake and I'm like a sparrow alone on the housetop. You may feel, my brother, my sister, that your life is barren like a desert, but child of God, I've got some wonderful Bible promises for you. How about Isaiah 35 and 1? The Bible says, And the desert shall rejoice and blossom as a rose. How about Isaiah 35 and 6? For the waters shall burst forth in the wilderness and streams in the desert. How about verse 7? The parched ground has become a pool and the thirsty land springs of water. Write this one down too. Somebody really needs to stand on this word from the Lord. In Psalm 68 and verse 5, a father of the fatherless, a defender of widows, is God in his holy habitation. God sets the solitary in families 
and he brings out those who are bound into prosperity. When David's forces were outnumbered, overpowered, he said in Psalm 142, verse 6, Deliver me from my persecutors, for they are stronger than I. Joshua 23 and 10, One man of you shall chase a thousand, for the Lord your God is he who fights for you. He promised you. Aren't you glad that God is fighting for you, that God is on your side? In Romans 8 and 31, the Bible said, What shall we say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? Or even in Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 27, but God has chosen the foolish things of the world to put to shame the wise. And God has chosen the weak things of the world to put to shame the things that are mighty. And verse 28, and the base things of the world and the things which are despised, God has chosen. And the things which are not to bring to nothing the things that are, that no flesh should glory in his presence. And so finally, it seems that David in this psalm was cornered. He had no way out. His cave had become a prison for him. Maybe his enemies had blocked up the entrances and the exits to the cave so that he could not escape. And I know that there are many who feel that they are locked in and cannot escape. But I've got some Bible solutions for you too. In Psalm 25 and 15, the Bible said, and the psalmist said, mine eyes are ever toward the Lord. He shall pluck my feet out of the net. Visualize with me the predicament of being caught in a net, entangled in a trap, in a snare, and having to look toward God. That's all he could do. He said, mine eyes are ever toward the Lord. He shall pluck my feet out of the net. I'm telling you today, God is going to bring you out over and through in the name of Jesus. In the Gospel of John, chapter 8 and verse 38, Therefore, if the Son shall make you free, you shall be free indeed. And 2 Corinthians 3 and 17, Now the Lord is that Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. I've just come to proclaim that there's liberty in the room where you're sitting. There's liberty all around you. And the Lord himself, through his word, have let you know I'm going to work a miraculous wonder of deliverance in your life. And we today have elaborated the conditions that David endured and the challenges that he faced. But let's take a few moments to talk about how David responded. Number one, 
David did not take on the Saul spirit when Saul hated him. He did not let Saul's hatred make him hateful. He did not let Saul make him bitter. He let Saul make him better. When you really love people anyhow, no matter what they do, God will honor you. God will bless you. And so first, David did not take on the Saul spirit. And second, he prayed. In his distress and trouble, he prayed. Psalm 142 and verse 1, I cry out to the Lord with my voice. With my voice to the Lord, I make my supplication. I pour out my spirit and my complaint before him. I declare before him my trouble. He says, Lord, hear me. Deliver me. Bring my soul out of prison. He will bring you out of prison, out of the net, out of the cave. In Psalm 142, verse 5, I cried out to you, O Lord. Listen, in a cave, voices are amplified. Everybody can hear what you're saying. David did not care, or he may have wanted them to join in with him, even as he called on the Lord. When he said, with my voice, he means he prayed out loud. God wants you to pray out loud. He wants to hear your voice. People need to hear your voice. You need to hear your voice as you speak to and about your mighty God. You can pray your way through this. You can pray your way out of that cave, out of that prison. James 5 and 16 said, confess your trespasses to one another, pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. And in Psalm, uh, verse five of this Psalm, and also verse seven, he affirmed his trust and he affirmed his faith in God. And he said, you are my refuge. I just want to tell you, my brother, my sister, you've got a refuge. You've got a hiding place. You've got a God that loves you and cares for you. And in your cave, in your depression, in your trouble, you can reach out to your God. In Psalm 3 and 3, the Bible said, but you, O Lord, are a shield for me. You're my glory and the one who lifts up my head. I just see the soldier on the battlefield fighting the enemy and throwing up his shield to defend the blows that the enemy would have inflicted, inflicted on him. I see you saying in this psalm, you shall deal bountifully with me. I'm in a cave. I'm living off the generosity of people, but I can see abundance in my future. I've just come to tell you today, I see abundance in your future. You can praise God. You can thank God. You can glorify God. I see you coming out 
I see you walking in victory. I see you walking in power. David made a commitment to God. And he said in verse 5, you are my portion in the land of the living. You are all I really need, all I really want. I want to serve you. I want to obey you. I want to bring glory in your name. You are the God that I choose. I've chosen to follow you. I've chosen to obey you. I've chosen you as my God. And then finally, David was a compulsive praiser and a worshiper everywhere. He said in Psalm 142, verse 7, that I may praise your name. I'll praise you while I'm in the cave. I'll praise you while I'm in the palace. I'll praise you when I'm on the battlefield. I'll praise you under every situation that I'll join in and say, let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. You can praise your way out of it. God has bountifulness in your pathway. God has a blessing with your name on it. Come on, lift up your hands, clap your hands, give glory to God. I see you coming out. Mine eyes are ever toward the Lord. He shall pluck my feet out of the net. Come on, say to your neighbor, I'm coming out. I'm walking in victory. Victory is mine. I told Satan, get behind me, but victory today is mine. I see you in the future, and you look much better than you look right now. Come on, praise the Lord and give glory to God for all that he is, for all that he will do, for all that he has done. You may be in a cave, but trust God. Be humble. Be a praiser. You are on the way to the palace of blessing. You are on your way to a miracle in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.